Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Syndicate show or podcast, whatever you want to call it. You got myself, John, and then across from me, Mr. Albert. How are you? I'm good, guy. Just good? Oh, yeah. Just good. <laughs> it's too cold to be great. Oh, dude, that cold weather is coming in quick, and I am not a fan. I remember why I lived in the South for a couple of years. <laughs> Definitely. But we'll get through the quick stuff like we have. We have our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and still no YouTube channel. So if you want YouTube channels, get on Albert. But Instagram, the underscore blue collar underscore syndicate. Facebook, the blue collar syndicate podcast. I have collars spelt wrong on my notes. So that's my fault. But you'll see it right on your end. Don't worry. TikTok, blue collar syndicate pod. And then make sure we are liking, leaving reviews, commenting on all of our pages and sites. It's a numbers game for us, so it helps. And then also, you guys are more than welcome to send us emails, comments, messages on constructive criticism. If you don't like my voice, if you want me to change it, I can go get surgery. Or maybe you have a question about the blue collar world or you need advice, we can do our best to answer it for you on the show. Yeah, I'd also like to see some topic idea, guys. We, you know, we sit around trying to think of topics that we think you guys want to hear about, but we'd definitely love to hear what you guys want to hear about. So don't be afraid to send us a message saying, hey, you guys should talk about this, or maybe you should, or a person we should try to bring on and talk to, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have a long list, but you never know what we, what we miss. Two minds can only do so much. Yeah, and if you think you're cool enough to come hang out, don't be scared to let us know. We have a third microphone for you. <laughs> Just for you. <laughs> but what do you want to do about this episode? We kind of chatted about just talking about, you know, our, our businesses and brands. Yeah, I was thinking that was a, it's a hot topic people like to talk about. And, you know, there's, there's a billion podcasts, posts, write-ups, articles about starting businesses and starting side hustles. And branding and taxes and all that crazy stuff so i was thinking just to you know keep everyone's interest up we could talk about probably what's on top of a lot of people's mind which is you know starting a business or starting a brand yeah how how do i why and where do, where do i go yeah i know that was a bunch of my questions when i decided to start something definitely and, and the goods and bads you know it's, it's not all good yeah, it, it, it's stressful. It, it, it's also intimidating trying to sign up for LLCs, knowing where you need to go, and then just generally the entire idea of starting your own brand or business. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a maze. <laughs> I guess that's a better way to put it. It's a maze that not any one person can give you all the right answers to. Yeah, there's no, there's no correct answer for everything. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, definitely not. There's a lot there's a lot that goes into all of it. Whether it's just a business or just a side hustle, there is a lot of good info online and a lot of bad info. Yeah. So we, we like we've talked about you have a trucking business, you do hot shotting. So what did it take to really start something like that? Obviously, you have LLCs, you have um, insurance, uh, you you have vehicles and trailers and DOT and all sorts of different things to to tackle. So, what did, what was it like at the very beginning? So at the beginning, it was a disaster. <laughs> 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 um, so in trucking, there's a lot that goes into trucking and hot shotting semis. It doesn't matter. It's all the same process at the beginning. So you obviously have to have your equipment, which 
I'm not going to dive into because there's a lot of different ways to acquire equipment and a lot of different things that go into financing and purchasing and all that. But your first order of business, if you're going the route I went, which is I wanted to be my own boss all by myself, so I had to pull my own authority. You know, you can always lease under someone, which is where you kind of own the equipment, but you run all their numbers and all their legal stuff. Um, I wasn't interested in doing that. I wanted to be 100% on my own. So to start, you have to pull an authority, which is you got to register with the federal government and you get a DOT number through your state and then you get a federal DOT. Your number goes federal if you're a for hire driver which means you're going to get paid to haul other people's stuff. It's a little different if you're just like a construction company, you're only hauling your own stuff. Yeah, you're not for hire. Yeah, you're not for hire and you might be staying locally. Mm-hmm. So you only need like a, in our state, you would only need a Colorado DOT number. Um, but if you're interstate, which means you're going to cross state lines, you need a federal DOT number as well. So to do that, it's if you're just doing for hire to get paid to haul other people's stuff and you're not a moving company, there's going to be a big difference whether you're a moving company or for hire uh, freight company. A moving company has a lot of other regulations that go with it as long as like a federal tax tariff, some other legal stuff, because you're going to be holding people's personal property for a certain amount of time. And <clears throat> with that is where mine got messy. So I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing a lot of Googling and looking up Facebook and asking questions and stuff that wasn't too helpful. So I ended up pulling two authorities. Um, I pulled both a, an authority to haul general goods and I also pulled an authority to be a mover <laughs> on accident. <laughs> so I ended up paying twice. So that's 300 bucks for an authority. I ended up paying six and I halfway registered to be a moving company before I realized that is not what I was. So I had to go back, cancel that application. They keep your money, of course. Of course. Yeah. And then proceed with the other authority. Is, is, is that how they call it, an authority? Yep. It's an operating authority. It, it just makes me, not to make a joke of it, but it makes me think of Cartman from South Park. <laughs> Respect my authority. <laughs> Basically. And that's how the government treats you, too. Um, so... After you do that, you have to go get insurance. And then once your insurance is verified, which can take a day or 30 or 60 or 90, the federal government has to verify your insurance. Then you're granted your permission to operate. And then you can start working. In that, in that little window, you can't really do anything. So the crappy thing about pulling commercial insurance like that is they usually want a big down payment. Yeah. And... My first year, I was running an older truck and a lot cheaper trailer. So just for that year, my insurance was about 18000 For the year? For the year. Okay. Maybe a little less, maybe like fifteen. dollars um, But I had to put $5,000 down to even activate that insurance. Yeah. So you get, you get that cost. Um, and fuck, I skipped a whole step there. To do all that, <laughs> you need to pull your LLC, which is... Not really hard. You just go to your state's website, online form. It's pretty quick. Nothing special. I think it's 30 bucks. Yeah, it, it's fairly cheap. And I found out through talking at the with some of the guys at the shop at work, there's another gentleman that's a, a mechanic there. He also started his own mechanic LLC business for, you know, off when he's not there. Side work. Yep. And you need to read your LLC questions good because 
he almost legally married his coworker, <laughs> which <laughs> is very hilarious. But it's also just a good reminder to make sure you're reading thorough. Yeah, and and make sure you're applying for the right things. I mean, there's reasons to be an LLC. There's reasons not to. You might be a corporation. You might be a partnership. That can get real a lot more complicated than the simple way. Yeah. Um, you could also be a DBA and just being doing, that means doing business as, and you could just be your name. Yeah. That's what I pulled for at first for mine, just cause I, it's, I'm a one man show. I didn't think I needed an LLC. And then, then when I started to start buying product at a mass through wholesale price, the gentleman that helped me, he's like, you need to get your LLC and all these other things. So, I have both, which is good. So if I ever need to change something, I have both to work with. Yeah. And that's, that's important. Um, you also need to get a federal EIN number yep. and, uh, that's also fairly simple. You just go to the government website. You can do it yourself. I think it was 10 bucks. Yeah. To get your LLC and your EIN. And then if you need like a sales tax or something, you, you're looking at less than a hundred dollars just to get all of those. Yeah. And I would, I would tell people, um, just going through that whole startup phase, dealing with the government, honestly, your best bet is just to ask the government. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of people who are giving advice and they might be from another state and that advice might be completely irrelevant to your state. You know, the way they do things down in Texas are way different than they do them up here in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it goes for every state. They're probably similar, but there's going to be some, some differences you need to know about. Just look at the DOT officers from, from Wyoming to Colorado. <laughs> exactly. And DOT numbers are a thing. Like in Texas, you need a Texas DOT thing. Like it's not the same as Colorado. Yeah. Um, and then with trucking, how you register your trucks is completely different state to state to state. So you need to do due, due, due diligence there. But what I found out after a little while was to quit, you know, quit researching on online, uh, all these articles and write-ups and these how-tos, you know, they give you some nuggets, don't get me wrong, but my, what really cleared things up is when I just called FMCSA about my DOT number and they yeah. were like, why are you trying to be a fucking mover? Yeah, you went you went straight to the source. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you know you're getting the right answer. Yeah, you, that way you're not listening to what, you know, fucking Kathy wrote in 2020 and everything has changed. That's the other thing. Some of that stuff you're reading online has changed. Yep. It might be a five-year-old article and that shit's completely different now. Yep. So that would be a big advice is when you're dealing with your business licensing and all of that, whether you're trucking, clothing brands, you know, a grocery store, a gas station, whatever, just go talk to the state. Just go to them with your questions. They don't care how stupid you sound. Just make sure you're getting the right answer from the horse's mouth. Everyone starts from the exact same position, whether they have a lot of money or not. Starting your business is everyone starts at the same spot. Exactly. So I guess moving on after, after you go through your licensing phase and gaining your authority and going active, then you can start working for people. And that's basically how you, the short of how you started a trucking company, at least here in Colorado. So my question to you, what, what was different in your experience since you do a complete opposite thing of what I do? Yeah. So I started a brand. I started what is an, an inspirational brand. So I, I make shirts, hoodies, I get hats made and all sorts of stuff like that. So mine's just product and merchandise. So I went through, like I said, I got my DBA at first cause 
I didn't know any better. It just set, reading the comparison between a DBA and an LLC, it sounded like that's what I needed. Well, when I went to start getting product such as shirts and stuff like that, I needed the first sources I found everyone wanted an assload of money for just blank shirts. And I was a little dumbfounded. I was like, I'm not going to give you $600 for 200 shirts. This doesn't make any sense to me because now I have to mark these up even more to sell them to make money. And there's a gentleman here locally in Brighton that luckily he does similar things and he, he gave me a lot of answers and basically gave me the copy and paste formula that he does. So he told me to go get my LLC. I needed to get my sales tax license, which is all easy. You can do all of that online. You just go, get on Google and whatever state you're in, I typed in Colorado sales tax license. How do I get, how do I get Colorado LLC license and stuff like that? Whatever your state is, Google will help you find it. And then you just fill out the forms. And then I enter all that information in. And since I'm a one man show, I don't really need anything else. Like if I go out and do vendor events, as long as I have sales tax and I can prove that I have all this information, like my EIN as well for tax purposes, um, I'm fairly good. So on licensing for what I do, it's a lot simpler. Now, if I was to add like an employee or a shop or some sort of warehouse, then things will definitely be different because I now have assets. So the, the one common thing I see is we both did pretty much all of it ourselves. And that is the thing I recommend in the, in the trucking world to a lot of guys is there's a lot of companies that will charge you money to do this stuff. You know, um, in trucking, you need this thing called a BOC three, which is basically if, if you're getting sued, they have a agent, they can go direct to that person who has all your contact information, which makes it pretty much impossible to dodge a lawsuit. So that person, it, it only costs like $33, but I'll see companies all the time says, get your BOC three for $199. Hmm. And it literally takes 10 minutes on Google and 35 bucks at the most. So that would be my recommendation to people is, I mean, we're no college scholars here. We managed no. to figure this out and it, it's pretty simple. So maybe you might need to hire a, a company that does that to help you with some stuff. And maybe you're more comfortable doing that, but don't think you have to. I see a lot of guys that say, Oh, you need to hire someone to pull a chucking authority and it costs $900 for their services. Then plus all those fees I talked about. No, I mean, you can do it by yourself and it's not rocket science. It's pretty clear when you're going through it. Yeah. And if you ever have a question, just go to people that are in the same field of work that you're in. A lot of times, especially now, I feel like people are very welcoming. They'll, they'll help you out. As long as you're not out to like steal work from somebody, th they want to help other people succeed just as well. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's the thing. If you ask somebody and they don't want to help you, that means they're, uh, they're probably scared. Like yeah. there's, there's enough people in this country. There's, there's not enough competition. So there should be no reason nobody wants to help. You know, I got an old guy I used to work with. He called me this evening actually, and he's a small construction company and he's doing a job. He's used to being a sub under someone else's umbrella. He's doing a job out of state right now. And he's, they're requiring him to get a DOT number just to move his trucks around the roads out there because he falls under some, uh, some of those guidelines about being a commercial vehicle. So he called me about needing to pull an authority and all that. And that was my, uh, my advice to him was a little different. You know, he's an older guy. He's not tech savvy. He is, 
you know, he's good at what he does. He's not good at paperwork. Yeah. So I said, my advice to you is actually different. I it, like you're working, you're still running your company right now. You know, you're, you're hands deep in the mud working as you're calling me. So I said, it, it might be better for you to look for a reputable company in our state to hold your hand through that process mm-hmm. because I could see you making a mess of it real quick. Yeah. Especially if you're, like you said, not very tech savvy and DOT, they have a, you, you might have to run an ELD. So that's even more technology that you ha- now have to install in your pieces of equipment and keep up on. So they're just asking more for someone. Technologies definitely can't come into play in a lot of our lives. Yeah. And that, and that's important. Just knowing your strength. If you're not great on technology, then maybe my advice about not being able to do it yourself isn't applicable, but for probably 80% of people, you can do it yourself. Yeah. He, he falls in that 20% where I say, like, I know exactly what you need to do, but I'm also running a company and doing my own thing. And it, it's not a two hour process. It does take weeks. So it's like, I think you would actually be better off, like I said, by finding someone to hold your hand through that process. And I just gave him some pointers and I told him I'd ask around and see maybe if somebody had some uh, references for him. But, you know, I gave him the pointers like, you know, you're a construction company. So make sure when you talk to these third party people, they want your money. You know, they're going to provide you a service, but at the end of the day, they're there to make money just yeah. like we all are. So I was like, just make sure you, you stress the fact that you're not hauling for hire. You're a construction company, so you're only hauling your own equipment. You're not getting paid to haul other people's stuff, and you're not a moving company. <laughs> so I just, I was like, just keep those things straight. Ex- just tell them exactly what you're doing and go from there. And it for you, it's probably worth spending the few hundred extra bucks just to make sure it gets done right. Yeah, that way you know, all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed and you don't have any future problems down the road. Yeah. Well, and he's already got his business gone. So he's already got like the EIN and the LLC and all that stuff. It's all good. He's just got to jump through the DOT hoops now, which gets a little more complicated. And that's why I was telling him like, I don't have time to help you through this process. So, and I, and I know you yeah, (laughs) and I know how you get with computers. I've, I've seen you throw phones across the job site. So I would tell you, just it's always good to be able to give that constructive feedback. You know, this is what you need to do. I can't help you, but I know somebody that can help you. Yeah. But, uh, back to starting a business. So now we got the, some of the technicals out of the way. My next piece of advice is get a tax guy. Yes. (laughs) That is the smartest thing I did is from the jump. I got a tax guy from the very get go. And my tax guy is kind of specialized with small businesses and he was super helpful. Even in some of the business licensing stuff, I just asked him dumb questions, Mm -hmm. you know, just send an email and he would usually respond a couple hours later with an answer I needed. Yeah. Uh, We have the same tax guy. So he's a super good dude. Yeah. And he, I, I tell everyone, uh, he's pretty much, I recommend him to everyone. And that's, that's why is there's with him, there's not a lot of jargon and he's not, you know, He's, he's there for you. Yeah. And he, he's legit. That's the other thing is don't find that tax guy. That's like, I can get you the biggest return. We're going to write off everything. <laughs> that shit will get you in a mess real quick. Yeah. And I told him right from the get go, you know, just from other people I've worked for and other people I know who did business that way. I said, I'm not looking to cut corners, but I also, I don't want to pay more than I have to obviously. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what he does, you know? And he gives recommendations and anytime we have a question, like, can I write this off? Can I write that off? What Mm -hmm. does this fall under? He answers all those questions for me, you know? And then when I do my taxes with him, you know, every quarter we send him 
well, we try to every quarter. Sometimes it's bi-quarterly, but. Oh, shit. I need to send him an expense report. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we send him that stuff and he says, yeah, you, you don't need to pay taxes this quarter or you can wait till the end of the year. It's not that much. Um, he also gave me advice on how much I should be setting aside just to be prepared. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he's real good with that. And he, I can't remember where I was going with that. Well, so while you remember, because I went and met with him at the beginning of this year when I came back to Colorado and obviously I, so I started my, my brand in December of last year. So I only had the rest of the, the the rest of that month for the year. So I didn't have much to do for that. So this year it's going to be a lot different, but when I went in, you know, I had a bunch of questions because I've never done my taxes before by myself. I've always, when I was younger, I had my mom helped me and her people that she had do it. And then when I was married, she did it and all that stuff. So now I have 30, 30 years old. And I was like, Oh no, I have to do my taxes. <laughs> but he was super helpful. Cause I asked him how, what's the best way to track expenses for expense reports. And he told me a great app that's free. Take pictures. It, it'll scan everything for you. And if it doesn't scan, you can just go in there and type everything in on your own. He's like, just email it to me every, other month every half you know quarter which i've done once so far this year so that i'm slacking yeah but he, he'll he'll help you out and he's there for you yeah i remember i was gone uh the whole tax guy's cutting corners so what i liked about him is like you know with me having equipment i get to write off certain amounts of depreciation and he 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 lays it out in easy to understand terms where you can write off this much depreciation mm-hmm. and save off some save some of that depreciation for next year or if you need money now, you can write it all off this year, but just remember you won't have any depreciation to write off next year. Okay. Stuff like that. And uh, so he he, lay, he gives you the options you need to look at, and he, he's great at explaining it. And like I said, I, I stress it. He's, he's legit. He's not – I know guys that have specifically switched tax people because their original tax person wasn't cutting enough corners. <laughs> it sounds like – Maybe if people let us know, we might have to get them in for some questioning. I definitely, I think that'd be because I know, like traveling wise, um, I've always been told that people can write off per diem, but I don't know if that's on the business side or if that's on the employee side. Obviously, well, well, obviously, t- taxes have also changed tremendously just in the past two years between what you can and cannot write off and how much you have to write off before you get money back. Yeah, so, and they're going to change again next year. So that's always good to know. Having a, someone, having a tax person to know these, and it's his job to stay on top of them. That way you're not guessing and trying to bank off of two years ago. Yeah, and it, and it's also by having a good tax person, it's one, one less thing on your plate. It's, it takes some stress off of you. And allows you to focus more on your business and it reduces the amount of fuck ups you might have by yeah. trying to do it yourself. Cause it, it's not easy. Yeah. The biggest thing that you need to do is just keep up on it. So that way he has everything he needs to help you. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And not, not wait till January or February when it's time to issue W2s and like, fuck my entire year. <laughs> exactly. No, that's a, that's a great thing. So what's your, uh, what would be your next first step of advice when starting a business? Oh, I guess mine would be why, why do you want to do it? Um, I started mine to make money, bro. Yeah. To make money for sure. To be your own boss. You know, there's, there's plenty of reasons and I'm sure your reasons different or it's similar. But for me, I started after when I was going through divorce and I was like, I don't want the same thing. 
I don't want to, you know, wait a couple months and wait for this to blow over and just go down the exact same path that I did before I was in a relationship with marriage. I wanted more, which also comes from personal growth and things like that. So if you think you're ready to start a business, go for it. But it comes with an entire new world. Yeah, it's a, one of my least favorite people I ever worked for did uh, did actually give me a great piece of advice, even though when he gave it to me, it was in the completely wrong context. <laughs> but he, he told me one time, sometimes you just got to stop being a pussy and do it. And <laughs> granted, he was more referring to maybe cutting some corners to get something done at work. But it kind of rang a bell in my head one day when I was, you know, I, I think we talked about it on the first episode we ever did where I was like kind of in a no job doing some side work out of my shop, trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. And I was like, I've been talking about trucking and being my own trucker and starting a trucking company for years. Yeah. And that stupid voice rang in my head. like, <laughs> Don't be a pussy. Just do it. Yeah. And I told my wife, I think we should stop being pussies and just do it. And yep. she was like, all right. <laughs> that, that's kind of the same thing where my idea, it, it was just a random brainstorm during the work day. And I, you know, I penciled around with it on my phone and it just kind of lingered for a month or so. And I was like, well, if I think about it this much, I probably should just follow through on it. Yeah. I guess, uh, along with that, why my, uh, biggest, biggest thing I like to remind people and everybody does, this is a common, common saying that everybody hears, but they don't think about it hard enough is just because you're good at what you do doesn't mean you're ready to be the boss. So... I see a lot of guys who are like, you know, like in the drilling industry, it was very common. I'm the best driller. I'm the best locator at this company. I'm going to go buy a drill and a locator. There's a big difference between being good at what you do and then being able to run a business at the same time. Yeah. I've, I've heard stories like that. I've been on pipeline jobs where welders have become the superintendents of the job and people have said you're only good at welding yeah don't run the entire job just go back and weld which could have been very true it also been coming could have been coming from someone that just didn't like the person but what you say is also very true yep and i and along with that the why as well as i'd say don't always do it because of the money because i can tell you right now the money doesn't come right away no i thought my shit would come just pouring in but that's only when I hit the lotto is when I, my bank account just changes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have to say you're in the rare, maybe 5% of self-employed people that start a business and become truly profitable within the first couple of years. Yeah. Everything I've read and listened to says I, three to five years for me, it's going to take a lot of time, which it's discouraging because you put a lot of work in. You're like, man, I'm working hard. This should be taken off. People should be getting to see it. But you know, when you have the world of the internet nowadays, it it's hit and miss. You, it takes one. You know, everyone knows it takes one clip to, for everything to go big for you. But it also takes all of that work to get to that spot. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the Instagram problem. You know, it's the instant gratification. Everyone posts the good shit. I always try to do a reality check on my my social medias with my businesses. Uh, at least once or twice a year, I like to do a collage of photos of all the shit shows that happened. Yeah. Not just all the cool loads I get to haul or talk about the, you know, the good money I got on this load or whatever. I, I throw down some, 
some mistakes I made and some things that cost me a lot of money and, or, or maybe it didn't cost me money, but it cost me a big, massive headache, you know, like a little humble check. Definitely. You know, I mean, people fuck up. We're only human. Oh yeah. And if you're not patient, you could run yourself right out of business. Mm -hmm. So you have to be smart and patient and realize that it's not, it's not instant gratification. You know, it takes time. One of the podcasts I know you and me both listen to sometime, one of the things they said on there that really resonated to me is uh, just to stay in business. <laughs> uh, it's not to call a spade a spade. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> no, they, they were talking one time, and I can't remember if it was them or one of their guests, but he was like, one of the best things you can do when you're small and growing is just stay in business. Yeah. Just stay. Just do what you got to do to stay in business. Maybe you're not buying a fancy car or a fancy house yet. Just stay in business. Because if you can make it past that two, three-year mark, that's when the uphill climb really gets easy. Yeah. You'll never know what all you can really learn in the two or three years with, until you start taking off. Because it's, it's just repetition and practice and, you know, you try, trial by error. Trial by error. Definitely. You know, I've... I've had some good fuck ups. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, uh, I've had one, i there was one load that was like my most happiest and shittiest moment all in the same day. We, uh, booked a load that was picking up this, uh, Chevy Kodiak big truck from the way up in, uh, basically the Canadian border in Oregon. Right. Washington. Washington. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Washington, Linden, Washington, I think. And it was going to Vegas. So here's the high part of that day was they, they say, oh, we got to get a record to pull this thing onto your trailer because it doesn't run. And I'm pretty, pretty familiar with the Chevy d- diesel engines. So my guy gets out there. It's late at night. And they're like, well, you're going to spend the night. Record's going to be there in the morning. And I was like, has anyone tried starting this? And they're like, yeah, but no one could get it to start. And I know with those older ones, there's some feeling problems. So I, I'm on the phone with my guys. I get the jumpers on that chuck, go pop the hood, find the fuel filter, see that primer on top, pump the fuck out of it for five minutes, mm-hmm. start that fucker up. Sure shit, it worked. Ever, the broker that arranged the load, the receiver that was going to get it was like, oh, thank, oh my God, you're the best. Yeah, you, you just know? saved a bunch of money because now there's no record. Exactly, which we were also supposed to get tipped part of the money they were going to pay a record, which didn't happen. Oh, fuckers. <laughs> little, little bit of a letdown. But anyway, it was super exciting because, you know, me and my little company went out there and did something that three other guys tried and couldn't. And uh, we saved a customer some money in the end of the day. So mm-hmm. you feel good about that. My guy's driving along, going through California. And for some reason, I was re-looking at the paperwork when we booked the load. And I see Las Vegas, New Mexico. Oh, and no. I had sent my guy to Las Vegas, Nevada. So I quote the completely different places, by the way, if you've never been to Las Vegas, New Mexico, very different. (laughs) So I quote the job for Nevada, which would have been a shorter drive. So we had to reroute, go to Las Vegas, New Mexico, which ended up costing us a lot more in fuel than we anticipated. Oh no. So we ended up losing a big chunk of change on that job because I, I, I didn't pay attention. I just seen Las Vegas and just did the math and gave the quote and that's what it was. So that was a big high and low in the same day. And that's one of those things that people don't talk about is how do you deal with that? And I've really been working on taking cues from other successful business owners I see. And one that I see a lot, especially from my first boss, they don't get pissed. Yeah. You know, at least not, uh, 
in your face. You know, yeah. they're mad. They're in their head talking it, talking it over with themselves. Yeah, you stupid fucker. How how did yeah. you let that happen? So, I I had to deal with that, you know, and kind of what I told everyone was like, oh, my bad. I fucked up. Yeah. You know, so I had to tell my team, my wife and my driver, like that's my fault. I can't blame no one else. Can't get mad about it. And my my motto that I try to remind myself when I'm having issues is don't get mad about it. Solve the problem. Yep. Cause getting mad about it isn't solving any problems. No, it's, it, if anything, it's just going to make things worse. It does. It really does. And that's as a small business owner, when you're getting started and you're getting rolling, those things hurt, they yeah. hurt mentally and they hurt financially. And I, you know, I have a handful of stories, um, to back up a little bit from that story before I even had another guy working for me, what really, really put my mind on problem solving, you know, I'm, Problem solving gives me probably the biggest boner out of anything <laughs> during work. Like when you solve a problem that looks unsolvable, it fucking feels great. Your fists up in there and you go, yes! Exactly. And that's that's like you hate having a problem, but you love solving it. Mm-hmm. At least I do. So, Or it's one of those ones where you're like, you, it took you this long to figure that out? That can be frustrating. <laughs> Definitely done that too. But what really was a melting point for me in my business, as I said before, I started with my wife uh, when she was pregnant and I was in bumfuck Montana and I had a truck breakdown and I had a, had a massive, pretty essential component of my exhaust system blow out of the back of the engine. And it's a kind of repair most guys take to a shop if they're not handy with a wrench. And even guys who are handy with a wrench, they do it in a shop. Mm-hmm with all the right tools and all this shit. I have this problem. It's kind of my fault I had the problem, so that's a little frustrating. Like, I, uh, if you're a t- car guy, you know what I'm saying. That truck, had, I put it on a diet plan, made it run a little better, but I kind of cheaped out on something I shouldn't have. Instead of replacing this exhaust piece, I capped it. Well, that ended up creating a, a pressure problem where that, that piece of exhaust pipe blew out on me. And it's the piece of exhaust that runs from, runs the turbo. So with that piece of exhaust, no Uh turbo, no boost, no engine power, and lots of bad things start happening. Uh Uh-oh. So I have this problem. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Montana. I've got a load on my trailer that was barely profitable when I picked it up. And if I got to have a breakdown and I got to pay someone else to come take that load off my trailer and take it the rest of the way, or I got to find a rental truck, it's gone. It's a financial hit, a big one. Um, I call my wife and for some reason i felt it was appropriate to have a fucking meltdown on the phone with my eight month pregnant wife who if you guys have ever had a pregnant wife they're very touchy emotional angry people and Uh i can only imagine so i have this fucking meltdown about i suck i can't run a business this is fucking bullshit i don't have enough help no one's helping me why do i gotta work so hard all this crap and she just starts bawling and I sit there for like two minutes just listening to her cry. And I just like feel like a complete failure. And then it just clicked in my head like, well, this is helping. Like, what the fuck did you just do? Like, what, what was the purpose of this? Yeah. So I hung up on her. I got my truck to this gas station. I called her back and said, I'll fix it. And she's like, how are you going to fix this in the middle of this? I'm on the side street of this little town in Montana. I said, I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. No more crying about it. Time to solve the problem. And after a whole day of having nothing but a hand toolkit from Walmart, I tore half my engine bay apart, 
got this piece of exhaust out, walked like a mile to this tire shop that was just about to close, talked this guy into welding it up for me, went back to my truck, put it all back together, and finished the job. All with a Walmart... $17 Walmart toolkit. Walmart <laughs> needs to buy you a tool set. They really should. <laughs> Give us a sponsor. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, it was... So you feel... I like to look back on it and people... You know, you always tell that part of the story about I've, I did the impossible on the side of the street where most guys wouldn't even do that job at home in their shop yeah. with a full toolbox. So that's the easy part of the story to tell. The hard part was the part about making my pregnant wife cry for no fault of her own. Yeah. It's not her fault. You know, it's not even my fault. There's no reason for me to be mad at myself or her or anybody else. It's just shit happens. But that moment kind of it resonates every time I have a shit show at work, mm-hmm. solve the problem, then bitch about it later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cause you, you feel like crap, you know? I mean, you can bitch about it while you turn wrenches. You stupid son of a bitch. Oh, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of new curse words get invented when you turn wrenches. Oh yeah. Many. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I know that's a little sidetrack of a story, but it, it's, it's part of being a new business owner that people need to need to focus on is, don't melt down. Don't, don't have a fucking blow up, solve your problems and do what you need to, to solve them. You know, yeah. whether that's my case, having a breakdown in the middle of nowhere, Montana, or, you know, your company's not profitable instead of having a meltdown and figuring out, you know, how you're going to shut the doors and all this, you need to figure out how to solve the problem. Yeah. How are you going to keep the doors open? Yeah. Maybe, you know, in your case, you know, you were, you were almost shut down before you started because people wanted too much money for blank t-shirts. So yeah. you, you had to solve that problem. Um, so that, that, that's a big piece of advice I tell people is try to not melt down. You're going to melt down. Oh yeah. But <laughs> try not to and try to solve the problem first. Yeah. Because solve the problem comes with a nice sense of fucking awesomeness. Yeah. A good sense of reward that you were able to overcome said obstacle and you're able to do it clear minded. And then like you just said before I started story time was, you know, you learn. Yeah. You learn. So now I know how to deal with those problems. Yep. So the next guy who blows an up pipe on his truck says he can't fix it. You're full of it. You only need a seventeen dollar Walmart toolkit. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a this the right state. Yeah. Don't I don't I maybe not let that happen in fucking California or West Texas. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> so that I, I guess those are some easy some easy pointers. What uh what about you, John? What do you got for, you know, problem solving or that? How how do you how do you keep going when it's not feeling like you should? Um, f- well, for you, your your business is a little bit driven. You're it's driven differently than you or than than me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So when I started mine, mine's currently a side hustle that I want to build to be an end goal. I want it to be become where I'm my own boss and it, it drives me, you know? So, so how about we start here? You are a full-time employee yes. and you're not just a nobody employee. You're not just like a, a forklift driver with a name tag that has an employee number. You're, yeah. you're an important part of your, your employer's business. What, what would, if someone is in your position where they're a full-time employee and uh, a necessary employee, would what would you advise them about starting a, a side hustle? Make sure you can balance it. 
because when I started, I was still traveling for work. I was in Montana, weird. <laughs> That's a great state. <laughs> and Montana is actually where like I've officially launched it. I was working on it when I in my travel trailer, um, working on it, getting shirts uh, made for me, sent to me because I I know nothing about shirts and different materials, and you know I didn't want to just buy some cheap shirt and sell it. I wanted. If, it, if I'm going to make a brand out of something, I want it to be good. I want it to be good quality. So I was having shirt, different shirt styles made and sent to me and all that. But what really hit for me was being in North Carolina on a solar farm, not knowing when my job was going to end. Because I was trying to get hats started because I only had t-shirts. I had a box full of hoodies that I didn't know if I was going to be able to get them made before I left. And I didn't know when I was leaving. There was embroidery places in the area that were two weeks out before they could get a, a single hat made. And I still did not know when I was leaving. I was like, I can't do... Your hats would be done and you'd be back in Montana. <laughs> yeah, I would have been in Georgia. I would have been in, on the other side of the country. I could have been in Montana. And these people just got 20 Richardson snapback hats that I could not get my hands on unless I paid for them to do them and then tried to convince them to, to them mail them to me. So I was really trying to find how I could do both of these at the same time. And luckily, the company I work for allowed me to come back to work full-time in Colorado to where I can do it. Now I have a set place, a set boundary where I can work. So was that a coincidence or did you go talk to your management and your bosses about it? I definitely talked to them about it. It wasn't just a, hey, I want to come back to Colorado. You know, I thought about it because one, when... When you're traveling, you make a little bit extra money. So I would be losing money coming back to Colorado. But at the same time, I'm putting more into myself and my brand than I'm starting because if I want it to work, I need to make it work. So when you when you approached your bosses about it, were they supportive? Were they kind of, eh, you know, we like you, so we'll make this accommodation? Was it a, you know, no, we need a guy, so this works for everybody? Like, Well, the conversation was more... Hey, so do we have any work in Colorado that would sustain that you need an extra person for? And they said, yes. I said, okay, perfect. Well, this is the time frame. I literally told them on the phone. I said, I'm being selfish right now. If we can wait until May when it's not freezing cold out in Colorado, that would be perfect. And then they started laughing. I was like, I'll come back whenever. I'm just trying to make make humor out of the thing. So if we can wait a couple months and I don't have to come back when it's fucking negative one, that'd be perfect. But my job ended there in North Carolina and I went back to Colorado, moved, moved that job out, got everything done there. And they asked if I just wanted to work in the, what they had quote unquote out of town jobs there. And I said, no, I want to work locally. If that is okay, if you have a spot for me. And they just said, sure. I mean, I think it helps that I've been there for over, a decade. So I have, I would like to think I have a little pull, but I also don't want to rely on that. So would that be, would you recommend that to people? Would you recommend, you know, being as transparent as you can with your current employer? Or would you recommend maybe it's situational? Maybe some people need to quote unquote hide it from their boss for a little while. Or what do you think? Um, I think that's just kind of, it depends on the company you work for. The, where I work, everyone is very um, understanding on everything. A lot of people have their own side 
gigs or hustles or second jobs. They all have their own little thing they do. A lot of people rodeo. So a lot of people have to take extra days off because they have to go to Las Vegas, New Mexico for a rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably the only thing that's in Vegas, New Mexico, by the way. They, they There are slot machines still. Yeah, at the truck stop. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you, you, and at the end of the day, you don't want to lie to them. Yeah. Because um, if you're going to lie to somebody nothing really comes from because then if you get caught in your life they're like um why couldn't you just be honest with us from the beginning yeah then you're gonna have a completely different story they might get that sense you were taking advantage of them yeah but when i got asked why i came back from other people i had no problem telling them i was like i want to work on my business i want to make something of this and i cannot do it in north carolina and then trying to be moved around somewhere else yeah no that's so that's a good piece of advice you know be uh if if you're starting a side hustle that even even your intentions may be to grow it and leave your employer one day, you should still be honest about it. Yeah. That, and uh, find that balance because you don't want to take too much time away from work to where it hinders your main source of income. I mean, don't take advantage of them. They are, they are giving you a huge opportunity, one, to give you all this time off, but don't let it become the downfall as well. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, that's a big difference between you and me. Mine was, mine's an all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was, there's no backup plan, which I guess has its pros and cons, you know, it, the pro side of that would be, it forces you to push on. There's no, uh, you know, I'll just shut this down and keep working. Like yeah. I, I don't have that option and that's, that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Other times, you know, so I would, I guess my advice be, on the opposite side of the spectrum, if you're in an all or nothing, kind of don't make a plan B. Cause if you have a plan B, it's too much of a safety net. Sometimes mm-hmm. it makes you think it's okay to fail or you should fail. It, it puts less pressure on you to solve problems and make things a success. What about picking what you're going to do? Cause you don't want to pick something that you're going to hate. Yeah. That <laughs> it kind of contradicts the previous advice of just cause you're good at it. Don't do it but you have to think about it. And I've always, uh, like I talked about on the first podcast, even as an equipment operator, I was a really good one, but not a fast one. Yeah. So I had to find positions on job sites that needed what I was good at, Mm -hmm. not what I could do, you know, not just, yeah, I can dig ditch. It's not that hard, but I'm slower than everyone else, but you need me to go digging in between two high pressure lines. I'm your guy. Yeah. So, my advice would be do something, you know, like that, not only like the industry and the work wise, but know that, you know, more than just the job. Yeah. Know your strengths. Exactly. And, and you know, more like with trucking, I know more than just how to drive a truck. Mm -hmm. All my other jobs gave me management experience, foreman experience, you know, reading blueprints, doing paperwork. Um, even for an, the other guy I worked for, I was in charge of pulling job permits, calling in locates. So I knew I had more skill than just holding a steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I could do really good paperwork, which is necessary as a business owner. I knew I had a driving force behind me, you know, with, with my wife and my support system. Mm-hmm. Like we knew we have a goal that we want to get to one day and <clears throat> the current climate of work and everything that was going on wasn't going to get us there. So I, uh, my strengths were there. You know, I, I was good at what the actual job is, which is driving. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually enjoy driving, 
So I don't hate it and I'm good at it. But I also knew ahead of time I was good at the other things, you know, the the paperwork, the licensing, all that type of stuff. And I'm a I'm a picky numbers guy. So I also felt like that was <clears throat> a good a good thing to be as a business owner, you know. Sometimes too good, you know, sometimes I spend so much time working on my spreadsheets and my budgeting and my profit loss sheets that it's could be hindering sometimes. You know? <laughs> my wife was reminding me of that today. She goes, do you think there's a thing is going too deep into the numbers? And I was like, eh, maybe, you know, but going too deep would always be, you know, and getting too analytical about it can never be as bad as ignoring it. Very true. And I, I see a lot of guys who, you know, are great, you know, equipment operators. So they go open a small excavation company, but they just swipe their card whenever they need something. They buy the most of expensive equipment. They break down, they hire people right away to fix it. Um, they understand how to get the job in front of their face done. But then when they got to go home and do their books, they don't understand why there's no money. Yeah. You know, or they don't understand why they're in the red or they don't understand that it's okay to be in the red or not. You know, my company currently is, you know, it's profitable for what it is, but it's not what I want it to be by any means. Mm -hmm. So I understand when I see a loss that it's, it's okay. You know, we're, we're still going forward. We're still moving forward. We're just not at our, at our end goal specifically. Yeah. You, you, you know, you know where it's headed. You're just not there yet. Exactly. And I think, I think people who want to start a business, you know, you got to have all those things in one. You got to have a passion for whatever it is you want to do. You got to have, you know, a, uh, a skill for it, like the actual job itself. And you got to have a brain for all the other stuff because starting your own company is never just the work. I knew nothing about what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily true though. I mean, if you, if you think about it, I, you know, I've seen you at the gym, you wear certain brands, you use certain stuff. Yeah. So you, you may not think that's relevant or that that's what you knew, but you kind of did. You know what I mean? You, you knew like, why did you buy this brand? What about that brand that you wear made you like it? That, okay. I see where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah. To a point. But I mean, at the same sense, I, I knew nothing about clothing. That's true. I knew. But you also weren't afraid to ask. I mean, you shot me texts all the time. Like, what do you think of this? Yeah. How, how does this logo look? Or does it make sense? I remember you saying like, do you have any shirts you really like? What are they made out of? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Send me a picture of the tag. Do you, do you prefer pullovers or zip ups? Yeah. Hats. When you started hats, I remember you saying, do you, what kind of hat do you like? And I'm sure I'm not the only person you asked. Oh yeah. You know, so that's, that's an important part. So that was you learning it all. You know. Yeah, I was definitely learning on the fly. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to challenge myself, so I needed to put myself like we were talking about previously. I needed to be uncomfortable, and I found the most uncomfortable way, and that was starting a business <laughs> and making myself be in front of people. Yeah, that is not comfortable at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you said, you didn't like the sound of your own voice, and when I was like, well. I was told that TikTok was one of the best ways to market and sell and brand, let people know you. I'm like, well, I'm not comfortable being on video and I don't want to get TikTok. Well, TikTok's the best thing for what you want to do. Well, I guess I'm going to get fucking TikTok and <laughs> learn how to do this yeah. and be comfortable on a camera. Yeah. So uh, 
I guess we should transition just a little. When when you uh, when you started a business, what were your, some financial hurdles? Um, definitely, like I said, the shirts because I did not think that buying blank shirts was going to cost so much. But I also didn't know where I was looking, and that's when I out I asked for help, and I luckily the gentleman that helped me was for, nice enough to tell me because I was able to get everything at, at warehouse wholesale prices, so that saved a lot of money. And then mainly it was just knowing where I needed everything was going to come from. Um, having a full-time job, the money was steady already coming in. So I knew I could buy a piece this week or buy a piece next week and slowly get everything put together. So it wasn't like I needed it all today to start making money tomorrow. I was able to piece it together. So I was patient. I was patient in that sense. Okay. Now, on the, would you recommend someone do it the same way, the financial part of that? Like just using, you know, nuggets, storing away your acorns, use a little here, use a little there. Or if you could go back, would you say, hey, save up a big chunk at first, then go forward? No, because I'm a tight ass. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyone who knows you knows that's not true. (laughs) When I had my first event here in June, I, the only thing I, I made, I set myself up to be internet only. And I learned real quick that I'm not good at that. So I had to, when I was presented with the opportunity to be a vendor at an event, I was like, well, I now need to make an appearance to be at a, a booth. I need to have tables. I need to take all my merchandise with me. I need to have signs and people need to know what my brand is and all this and that. So that, that's where I got a little stressful because in my own fault, I waited until like what would be considered last minute to get all this stuff ordered, business cards, mission statement signs, and all this stuff. So give yourself plenty of time if you have that opportunity and capability. Especially to save up some money maybe so you're not hurrying at the end or? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you have to fork out, you know, $1,500 and you don't necessarily have want to do that because you, everything else is where all you, the rest of your money is already planned to go other places. Yeah. Don't do that. I mean, <laughs> if you have the money to do it, do it, but okay. I'm more frugal. I'd much rather do, do it in bits and pieces. Okay. No, I mean, it's working for you. So yeah. it's not a bad piece of advice. I mean, I can do that too. I just do it with bigger, bigger chunks of money that I don't necessarily own. <laughs> I am also bad when I get on where I get all my clothing they have a they have a deal where you spend x amount of dollars and you get free shipping which doesn't make the most sense but when you're like oh man i'm 75 dollars away from hitting that cap do i need all this stuff i'm gonna buy 75 more dollars worth of shirts so i can save the 17 dollars on yeah. shipping that's weird i've been asked about polo shirts before i've been asked about women's razor raceback shirts if that's like i think they're called racebacks i don't remember i don't wear women's clothing but I was like, what can I get for $75 worth of, of shit so I can get free shipping? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know that that feeling goes a lot with equipment and buying stuff for your company, you know, and and uh, like for me, one of the things I have to buy quite frequently frequently because they get wore out is like uh, ratchet straps for oh, trucks yeah. and maybe I need five, you know, maybe I need three. So I'm going to buy five but I'm at Lowe's and they're on sale for eight bucks. I'm like, I think I'll just buy 12 today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I do that quite a bit. Uh, Fuel, I always buy more fuel than I need. Yeah, well, ratchet straps are definitely one thing because you never know if you 
are hauling a new piece of equipment that isn't properly tied down and all of a sudden it destroys a strap and you're like, oh, man, yeah. it's a good thing I bought 12 yesterday. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and doing what I do, you know, working on spot freight, I never know what I'm hauling. So yeah. there's, there's times where, you know, you're going to lose a couple straps on a load by the time you get to where it's going. Yeah. Um, on the starting like a brand is that, that that's a common thing these days and that I guess that uses a lot of social media. That's kind of where you do a lot of your business building is there. What, what are you finding as a small business and a growing brand on, on the social media platforms? Like, are you finding you need to muzzle yourself a lot? Are you finding, you know, maybe not muzzle yourself, but just not talk about certain things. Are you finding, you know, or do you see other people doing that? Like, do you see other brands like put something out and you're like, that's touchy, you know, that could hurt my brand, you know, um, do you fight with that a lot? I've seen people like everyone, when they make their brand, they do it for a reason. They have some sort of story behind it. There's a reason why it's there. Um, same with mine. The one thing I can definitely be better on and I need to learn, learn about is just be more consistent because when it comes to social media, you can fade out in a day. It does not take much. You, you, you get your phone ran over and you can't get to the phone store for two days. You're, you're now irrelevant. Um, another thing that a lot of people that don't do business on the internet, on social medias that don't, they don't understand. If you don't interact with people's posts on any so, sort of platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, shoot, even LinkedIn, I don't, which I don't, I have, but I'm horrible at it. If you don't like comment it, because it turns into a numbers game. Everything is now a business and everything is ran off of numbers. So these algorithms that these social medias use, if there's no numbers and view counts and things like that, you don't go anywhere. You stay in the same little circle of friends that share your stuff and you're not outreached to the potential people that you need to see. Yeah. You know, uh, with social media being how prevalent it is these days, I mean, that's one thing that you know, even, even my business and your business have in common and we're completely opposite businesses. You know, I see a lot of, you know, Instagram's probably my favorite place right now. Um, what I see a lot of, and you know, I can even speak to some issues I, I made on social media as a business. Um, personally, that's going to be a whole nother podcast about using social media just as your, as a person, but as a business, it's important no matter what business you're in. You know, I'm a trucking company and I've made hundreds of posts and I've actually, I have gotten business from social media. Not a lot. It's, you know, it's definitely not, if I was relying on it, I would yeah. be out of business by now for sure. But, you know, I have got the, I seen your post on Facebook. Can you haul this from point A to point B? You know, I have gotten those calls, but I see the fact that I see that it, it gets worrisome because, you know, social media is really easy to run your mouth. I mean your fingers. <laughs> yeah. <Okay? laughs> so I I made a mistake early on. I run a very a per, the biggest page for selling campers in our state. You know, it's something I started years ago out of like boredom and it kind of blew up. And I'm pretty much the only person who runs it. And I linked my business to it, you know, just as marketing because, you know, I can move campers if someone needs a camper moved. So that being said, uh, two mistakes, not paying attention to which profile you're logged into. And then also just not really paying attention to what you're saying. Yeah. 
there was a big problem on my page on my group for a while where someone would post something for sale and then there would be this stupid little fucking argument spat in the comments about pricing. You're asking too much. That thing's a piece of shit. Blah, blah, blah. And that's all it was. And my camper page is real simple. You buy or sell campers. Mm -hmm. If you're posting, you're only posting to sell something. I don't let a bunch of people say, looking for a camper. Well, duh, that's what the group's for. Scroll down and look. You know, so I keep it real simple. You're either selling a camper or a camper part. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of people coming to me complaining in my DMs. And that's one thing is if you're in a group, guys, most of us people who run these groups are doing it for free. Oh, yeah. So don't don't get mad that I'm at work for 10 hours and I don't get to something right away. But that aside... There was, there was a lot of that, and a lot of reports, people reporting each other, and a lot of people getting nasty in the comments over stupid shit. So I got on one, and I said, look, if you're commenting on this, it's because you have a question or you want to message them and ask them to buy it or whatever. This isn't I, – I put a rule that said no price, please. If you don't like the price, move on. Mm-hmm. If you want to haggle over it, do it in the DMs, you know. And this one guy got fucking shitty with me. He went full Karen. He went full douchebag. He went on and on and on. And I just, I kept saying, if you don't like it, move on. You don't like it, move on. Well, I was on my business page and I was commenting as my business. Oops. He goes to my business's Facebook page and then writes a bunch of comments saying he hired me to move something and that I broke it and that I didn't pay it. And I'm a shitty fucking trucker and my wife is a bitch on the phone. He went full born full-blown leaving reviews on my company page oh no keep in mind i've never met this guy in real life and i never did do work for him yeah he's just being an internet prick so short you know of course i deleted and blocked him but with facebook there is no number to call there's no people to talk Mm -mm. to there's no i can't i couldn't get those reviews taken off i reported them a hundred times i sent fucking 50 emails saying this is a false review it's a fake review because not a lot of people going on Facebook, because I, I do most commercial work. Yeah. So, you know, the railroad, BNSF, ain't going on my Facebook page and leaving a review, <laughs> you know. So I only had one review, which was that dude. So, of course, my company shows up with a one-star review now. Oh, fuck. So after waiting for about three or four months for Facebook to attend to it, which they don't, thanks, Facebook, but... Should get Elon in charge. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> no, uh, I ended up just deleting my business page and starting a new one. Okay. You know, because you can't comment back on a review. Like you can leave one little comment and I can, but you don't see that. Like when you go to the page, you just see the review and you have to click like three clicks to actually see my response. So it's not even relevant for anybody who looked at my page. Okay. So I ended up deleting my business page and having to start a new one, which really sucked because I had a lot of good stuff on that first page. Yeah. And that was... You know, that's a thing on social media, whether you're a brand or just a small business, you got to think about that stuff and keep it top of your mind. So when I started my second one, I just don't allow reviews. There's no reviewing. Like you can message my page or whatever, but you can't leave a star review anymore. Um, And for me, that's probably not as relevant as it would be for someone else who's doing a, you know, a construction company or a plumber or something, Mm -hmm. you know, and I might turn it back on one of these days when I feel a little more comfortable or if Facebook makes some changes so when you have fake reviews, you can actually get them taken care of. Yeah, a real report. Yeah. And and the other aspect I would say about being a business on social media is 
one thing I see, okay, people see your businesses on Facebook. And I'll see these guys, especially on Instagram. They're doing like the Instagram reels, you know, Instagram's little knockoff of TikTok. And, you know, they'll be like hauling a truck and in the comments they'll be like, running illegal tonight. Or they'll be playing some stupid, like too far obscene gangster rap music in the background. And I always tell people like, separate yourself from your business page. Yes. So the stuff you see on my business page is strictly business. All you see is trucks, loads, like tips and tricks. Yep. Um, my personal page, that's where I run my fingers and talk, <laughs> sh- talk, talk shit or do whatever. I mean, honestly, I'm a lot better about that these days. But I would recommend people when you're running a business to remember it's your business and it's a it's an impression you're going to make on someone who's looking at your social media. Yes. So that is a big piece of advice I think a lot of people need to look at because you could be a great business and you might enjoy some, you know, crazy gangster rap while you're cruising down the road. That's all fine and dandy, but your next customer, that might not be their thing. Yeah. Especially when there's a caption saying running illegal. Yeah. Running legal, running dirty, like all that. Don't, don't put that stuff, you know, and don't, if you're a trucking company, guys, quit posting your rate cons. Okay. What is that? (laughs) A rate con is like your contract. It's saying you're running this load for this many dollars. Oh, okay. You know, the golden rule of don't talk about your money. Yeah. You know, to me, it's unprofessional. You're, you're bragging. So the next guy's going to try to cheap you down. Mm-hmm. You just cost yourself that. And it, it's just, I find it unprofessional. I've never posted how much I've gotten paid mm-hmm. to do a load. That's between me and my customer and not social media. You know, pictures and stuff, that's cool. That's great. Let people know what you do. Throw yourself out there. Let people see you. But don't be rude and don't be ignorant. Yeah, Keep, check out this this sweet little park I was able to pull off for my 15-minute lunch break. Exactly. And I think that goes for any business. You know, don't. Don't talk about your money. Don't talk about your billing. You know, if you're yep. service-based, you know, put your prices, but don't be putting copies of invoices and bills on social media. Yeah. Don't kiss and tell, feed people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Don't kiss and tell. That's a much better way of saying what I spent the last four minutes trying to say. <laughs> don't kiss and tell. And then, like I said, I'll just reiterate, separate your business from your personal. You know, don't don't talk politics on your business page. Don't talk, you know, this day and age. Don't talk COVID stuff. You know, just... Let your business be your business. Okay. So I have a question to follow up on that because now with a show like this, we are also potentially branding ourselves as individuals. So we are now putting ourselves with our brands and our work. So Albert is now connected to his company full time and Albert is now on a podcast show. Yep. So in the same sense, you, if you don't, if you, you need to watch what you say everywhere else, I mean, the internet is a, is a horrible place. It is. Cause when I started, when I like for social media, I, I, it clicked with me. I was like, you know, if they want, if I need, if I want people to buy into my brand, they also need to buy into the person that created it and that makes it and all that stuff. So I was like, I need to brand myself. Exactly. So I started letting people see me, you know, I say fuck a lot. Yep. Um, hey, there's a really famous guy I've seen who said uh, the people with the highest IQs and the most rich people in the world are also the highest users of curse words. Perfect. Exactly. I'm on my way up. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, w- I want, you know, I want them to see who, who I am. You know, the now a show like this, it also helps. I would hope it helps, but 
in the same sense, you are a reflection of your business. Exactly. And that, and that is the fine line you have to play. Yeah. So when I'm saying, you know, don't be playing your gangster rap videos, you know, play your rap music, but just pick and choose what section of the song a little wiser, you know? Um, and, and it's something I've mulled over in my brain quite a bit is, you know, being on a podcast like this where we're, we're trying to be genuine as possible. You know, yeah. we do have to, you know, watch what we say a little bit, but I'm also, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to, not going to sell, sell myself. Yeah. I'm not looking to sell a safe impression. And you also have to, you know, quote unquote, advertise to your, the customers you want. Yeah. So if, I, if there's a potential customer listening to this and I hope what they hear is they hear me being genuine and I don't think I'm being, you know, facetious or I'm talking down to people or I'm, you know, you're not, you're not coming up to him being a snake just to do the, make a, make a load. To, it, exactly. I am who I am. And I hope on this podcast, you get to see the honest, most straightforward version of me, which is also what I think you'll get with my business. You yeah. will get, you know, an honest, straightforward professional service. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be like stamping all my invoices with the podcast logo. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but you know, it, it's just, I, I, I've really had no complaints in my business yeah, and I go above and beyond all the time. You've done some pretty cool things with your business. I know, what was it last year with the fire? You helped haul? Oh, that was a couple of years ago. A couple yeah. years ago? I, yeah. I, I don't remember. I, I just came back to Colorado. Yeah, when they, yeah. they had that big uh, fire up in behind Boulder and they, uh, the Budweiser Event Center, they had a bunch of animals they had rescued and there's a lady down the road. You know, I wanted to help and I'm not wealthy so I, it's not like i could just go cut him a check for 10 grand and ask him to put my company name on it yeah so i just posted if anyone needed help let me know and this lady down the road from us had a bunch of hay that was in a uh, barn she had and she had already moved her horses to montana so this hay was just going to go bad mm -hmm. so i went out there and me and her hand loaded two trailer fulls and we just took it down there and, and I didn't charge her anything for it. And you took it to the Budweiser event center? Yeah, we took it down there and man, that was a real cool experience. Cause they were, that was just a safe place for all these animals to get out of harm's way for the fires. And it was food because not everyone's, everyone was losing everything. Exactly. No, they, they ended up actually getting so much food out there for animals. They had to tell people to stop bringing it. <laughs> you know, it, was, it was crazy. It was a great experience, you know, especially when you see, you know, I pulled up with a trail, a 30 foot trailer stacked fucking sky high full of hay yeah and you know i don't know any of these people fucking 10 guys are jumping up there on loading bales right away yeah every, you know? it's a everyone comes together and yeah. helps out exactly it was a really cool experience but you know and that and that's part of what you'll see on my social media and that's part of what you'll see in this podcast and you know you also have to remember you know in a, in, in a business like mine you're you, i'm i'm a service based right mm -hmm. so i'm providing a service and if you and me disagree on who we think should be president, I want you, I want you to know that that doesn't affect how I'm going to treat whatever I put on my trailer for you. Yes. Because my job is to put something on my truck, take it from point A to point B and get it there at a quick, feasible, professional way. Yeah. Your, your personal opinion about somebody does not affect the way that I work for you. Exactly. And, and that's what people need to remember. But when I'm, when I'm saying just watch what you're putting is, is, you know, I don't think I'll ever say anything on here that'll, you know, misrepresent my company, mm -hmm. you know, and if somebody doesn't like what I say and they don't want to hire me because of something I said on here, I mean, that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And I don't, I don't think 
it's the worst, like, it's the worst way to look at it. You know, it's just, like I said, I see guys who do great work, but mm-hmm. they're always posting these crazy posts. And I'm just like, dude, if I didn't know you first, but I seen this post, I would never hire you to do anything. Yeah, that's you know? yeah, that's a good way. Yeah, people I, need a. If you're gonna post, you need to act like no one knows you. Like you're trying to impress literally the world. Yeah, and like I say, I I try to like, you know, keep it as separate as you can. You know, people are eventually gonna link that Albert is the owner of my company, mm-hmm. and that that I'm not ashamed to admit that. You know, it's so it's. It's not rocket science. It's just, you know, don't be posting all the crazy stuff on your business page. Post that all on your personal. And make sure you're logged in as Albert. Yeah. Not next level companies. <laughs> Whoops. But no, it's, it is what it is, guys. But I, I just want to say, just, just be cautious. Yeah. You know, be who you are. You know, don't, don't misrepresent yourself, but don't, I don't know, overrepresent yourself maybe, or don't. Oversell. Di- yeah. Well. Well, I, 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 I like to oversell and over deliver. So as yeah. long as you're doing both of those, I'm just saying like, I just, I don't know, man, I see it a lot. I see a lot of guys who run like a excavation company and you go to their business page and there's 180, you know, Trump 2020 things. And that's cool. If you're that proud of that, do it. Mm-hmm. But also don't get mad if someone says, Hey man, I don't want to hire you. I didn't hire you because of your sticker. Yeah. And that's, play that risk but understand that risk is there and don't be mad if you gamble and lose every once yeah. in a while that, yeah that's a very good point you know when you do that your politics is such a touchy thing nowadays that it's it's either i'm for you or against you and if you're going to play that side you're probably going only going to get half the side oh yeah well and if on the flip side if you're somebody looking at someone's business social media and you see some personal stuff that you don't agree with Maybe ask them, you know, some people, most people are very rational and they'll explain, they'll explain things to you. So, you know, if you were to look at my page and see something that you're like, whoa, dude, you know, just ask me and I can explain it to you. Yeah. And social medias get looked at a lot nowadays. That's one of the, if, uh, along with a website, they will check, people will check your social medias for work and who you are and what you do. Oh Yeah. Well, and then, like I said, you just don't ever want to lose that random customer because you made that one wild post. Yeah. You know, that would, that sucks, but it's also a gamble. So yep. just, just, rem- I guess more, more, the per- best way to say that is just remember you're gambling and hedge your bet, whichever way you think is best and hedging your bet. The best way probably doesn't mean showing all the, uh, behind, <laughs> don't pull the curtain too much on things that are a little risky. Okay. You know, makes sense. Show who you are. You know, it's cool when you see guys who are excited, you know, and they want to show their work, show it off, all that cool stuff. Do it. Definitely do it. But, you know, if if you're hauling an excavator with one chain on it, (laughs) first of all, I will tell you to put another couple of chains on there, but just be careful what you say (laughs) or or show, I should say. And, And with you, you know, it's a lot different. Your branding. Branding is kind of a different ball game on the social world. Like, like you said, you're selling yourself, you know? Yeah. You're selling, you're selling a story basically. Um, like you said, you, you want them to know what you're buying and it's the same in, in, it's the same in a way, you know, I want them to buy into me just as much as I buy into what I'm creating. Well, like they always say, you are your business. Yes. Yep. And I think this podcast overall would be a net positive, you know, I'm, 
I'm advertising to the world and hopefully the world mostly agrees with what I say, you know? And if you don't, I promise you, you'll still love what I do for work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't care who you voted for your, uh, your cargo will get treated the same as everyone else's, which is going to be top notch. Perfect. But, uh, I guess to wrap this up a little bit, you know, we got you who's working on a branding business. That's a side hustle. We got yep. me who I'm a all or nothing going for broke. And what are your final thoughts? Would you, do you recommend it? Like, do you think on a level, like, do you think everyone should try at least once? Or do you think you should be conservative about it? I think everyone should put themselves in a position to challenge themselves like this in, in some sort of way. Cause I know when I started this, it was just me. And it, I mean, it still is just me, but the person that I'm in a relationship with now drives me to want to do it even more. And we actually have plans to do bigger things in the future. So your mindset, you definitely need to have the mindset in the right spot to do this. You can't start a brand or start a business if you're going to be a grouch or you are attached to the bottle. It, it just won't work. Your priorities aren't straight and you need to be ready for anything. So I do encourage you to try it, whether you're just going to start uh, hand making something and sell on Etsy as a test run, because you you can do a lot of trial and error there. Um, you, there's always room for improvement. And I think it's a great learning experience. You get to test out your skills and where you can improve. Nice. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. <laughs> you know, would you, uh, would you ever, uh, not do it? No, okay. I am very proud of the decisions I've made. It's a challenge every day. I do. I do know I slack a little bit just because as my excuse that I use is my full-time job takes a lot of time and the downtime I have should be put towards it, which it doesn't. And that's my own fault. So I do recognize there's areas I need to work in. Yep. That'd be my last big piece of advice to touch it on what you just said, time management. Yeah. Like whether you're like me and you're all or nothing going for broke, you know, manage your time. Even yep. if you're running a business, you still got a family, you still got kids, you still got friends. So, and if you're running a side hustle, you still got your real job you're obligated to, and you should take it seriously and professionally. Yep. You got anything else you want to say? I just say with that, make sure, like we talked about social medias, make sure you like, share, and interact with us. Everything helps. Like we said. Yeah, guys. Way more likes. Come likes, on. Likes, reviews, everything. Let us know if there's anything you want to talk about. If you have any questions or advice for us, we are, we'll, we are more than welcome to answer them on the show. It'll test us in our knowledge. And if we have to look something up, we will definitely do that. It'll be fun. Absolutely, guys. Well, there's that. If you should uh, have any more, let us know. Take care. Bye.